2: will be the QB1? How successful can Alex Collins be? And who will be 2018's league winner? We're answering all of those questions and more on our Bold Predictions episode of Roto-Viz Radio. Radio. I'm Dave Cabin, senior fantasy analyst at Rotoviz. This is Rotoviz Radio, brought to you by the FFPC. I'm joined as always by Matthew Friedman, editor-in-chief of Fantasy Labs, part of the Action Network, and a man who once won a contest what's going on matt <laughs>
3: what? yeah just that one time it was glorious uh, that's my one shining moment of winning a contest by the way we need to change at the beginning where you say as always because at this point like it, i'm sort of on the schedule of like i'm on for one <laughs> week or two weeks and then and then i'm off for a week uh, so we yeah, right we need to we need to well, change that
2: i i think it's somewhat sardonic in a way right <laughs> so yeah, that's true that's that's why I like to leave it there. That's true. Um yeah. Anyway, this guy is back from Paris, uh, but we have a loaded show. So I'm actually going to forego asking all of the interesting questions that come to mind. And we're just going to pop right into these predictions, Matt. So why don't you... If you were ready, share your bold prediction before we check in on what the listeners said.
3: Sure. Well, so a couple of things. One, we were planning on doing one bold predictions episode, but this episode was so loaded that uh I am planning on us basically having to split this into two. Uh, because the, the the listeners just they came through in such epic fashion that we have too many predictions to get through. Uh so that's one. And then two, I'm not really a bold take kind of guy. I'm like a a lukewarm uh wet blanket type of guy. So, um but I I'll, I'll, like okay. my bold prediction um which I I mean, I guess I'm trying to like come up with one that doesn't sound totally stupid. Um but my bold prediction, I think will be something like uh Rashad Penny will be a top I don't know, top 8 fantasy running back. Like is that sufficiently bold?
2: I'll concede that I think that is only because we have raised some concerns on the show about Penny. So I think that's bold enough. Okay, it's not the it's not the boldest flaming hot take I've ever heard, but it's in it's in the realm. I wouldn't give you like a thumbs down for saying. I that.
3: mean, I'm saying this within the context of people on Twitter reading so much into the the Chris Carson hype um, that uh, now Rashad Penny is starting to be bumped down in rankings. So maybe he was, you know, like around number 18 or 20 uh, a week or two ago. Like now I'm seeing him more like around running back 25, um, maybe even a little bit lower in some rankings. And I, I think that's kind of ridiculous.
2: Okay. I mean, I, I think in my opinion, and we'll, we'll go through this quickly. It really comes down to not that I actually think that Carson is going to outplay Penny or anything like that, but I do think it shows that there's the possibility that perhaps Penny won't get as much work as we thought, or it might take him a little bit longer to, to really establish the backfield as his own. And it only, um, magnifies some of the things that give me pause a little bit more.
3: That's fair. I'm just trying to look at this through like the macro perspective of, Uh, big, athletic, super productive, versatile first round running back, uh, with an offensive coordinator who likes to run the ball versus a second year, seventh round pick who missed most of the season as a rookie. Like, I'm just thinking of those two things. And like, I'm clearly going to go with the first rounder and think that he at some point really seizes the job and has an opportunity to become a massive producer.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think that's a a fair way to approach it. Um, But moving along, I'm going to keep things moving, Matt. So my bold prediction is that Tyrod Taylor not only finishes as a QB one, but manages to weather the entire season. The Browns have a good season and Taylor puts together a great fantasy season and then the team moves on from him after a very good effort.
3: I like it. Um, I think that is sufficiently bold and contrarian. But the thing is, I think it actually has a pretty decent chance of happening. Um, I, I talked about that um, with uh, Sean Corner, uh, odds maker at uh, the Action Network. And uh, we collectively think that he has around a 25% chance of finishing the season. Um, I think if he finishes the season, it's because good things are happening both for the offense and the team and then also – uh, him, you know, like when he's played, yeah. he's been a low end QB one. So I, I actually, I like that. I think it, it is realistic in terms of like it is possible. And I think also, uh, it's, it's contrarian enough where it, it is bold.
2: Awesome. All right. Well, I, I think that I nailed that out of the park then. Nice job. So on, thank you. And you see, it's analysis and insight like that, which is why you need to get a listener's only 30% discount to a his. NFL Pass through the NFL Podcast homepage, com forward slash podcast. Your subscription gives you unlimited access to all of our premium NFL content. And remember that you can support the pod by subscribing to and rating the RotoVis radio channel on iTunes. Do that and you'll be eligible to win a free $35 entry to a league at the FFPC. Go to iTunes, leave a review with your name in it, and then listen to future episodes to hear if you're the winner. And also, if you're interested in being in an FFPC league with some of the writers and podcasters from Rotoviz, we're setting those up now. So please shoot an email to rotovizradio at gmail.com. I'm going to be in some. I'm really looking forward to those. I've heard that I didn't play any last year, but I guess they're a great time. So uh pop in on those. And we have all the bold predictions now, but going forward, if there are strategy topics, we love talking strategy. If you have any general questions... We want things maybe they're a little bit more nuanced, so not just choosing between players because we've talked about those. But if you have like overarching strategy questions, things like that, we love to hear them. So 978-925-7628 and uh, leave us a voicemail and we will get back to you on those questions. So Matt, what we are going to do here is for the predictions, we're going to play each voicemail. And then we're going to rate on a scale of 1 to 10, with 1 being not bold at all, and 10 being flaming hot, bold as it gets, each prediction. And then on a scale of 1 to 10, we'll give the odds of each prediction actually coming true. And then we will, in a succinct, fac- a succinct fashion, as much as we can, try to evaluate uh, what could eventually cause that prediction to be true. So if that makes sense, we're gonna get going.
3: yeah, it makes sense. I think uh for most of them there's probably going to be uh, inverse correlation um, right you know but between the two different skills but for I think for the really good ones there won't be.
2: Yeah yeah I I agree as as, as I just demonstrated
3: yes as as you capably demonstrated <laughs> as the host of this game that you created yes <laughs> nicely done.
2: Thank you. It's funny how that works. All right. And, and first, I just want to say, so this this message is from Gabriel. Gabriel, I loved this. If I could just gift you the free $35 entry, I would. But we are going to stick to what we said, which was doing it randomly. So unfortunately, uh, I can't guarantee that you win. But here is Gabriel's message.
4: What's up, Roto All righty. My name is Gabriel Bryson. And uh, I've been playing fantasy football for a long time.
5: I'm in for the thirty-five dollar free buy-in, so I can play against you folks. And this is my bold prediction: drum roll,
4: the Cleveland Browns will win ten games this year, hands down. Thank you very much, and I hope to play against y'all. Because if I don't know nothing else, I know how to cook some fried chicken and play some fantasy football. That was good.
3: That was that was great.
2: (laughs) Oh my god! So. I'm actually. Get, I have to use the "What Up, Rotoviz" um, as a like permanent drop. I'm actually thinking of putting it onto the beginning of the uh, intro music, nice. and that was that was fantastic. So, what do you think of the prediction?
3: Um, I mean, it's bold. I mean, it was awesome. Yes. I, yeah. So, one, I have to say, I love that he did his own drum roll with the, oh, the voice. Yes. Uh, that was nice. Okay, so the the prediction itself, uh, I think it's pretty bold. Um, I would give it like a let's say like a eight point five or a nine. I mean, I mean, I don't know. It's probably a 10, but, um, I mean, it has an outside chance of happening in that the Browns play in a division that is pretty weak. Um, so I, I think they have the opportunity. They have a pretty weak schedule given that they went 0 and 16 last year. But in terms of talent, I think they were more of like a three or four win team last yeah. year. So, um, the, the problem is that they still have the same coach who's shackling them. Um, to, I think, inane, you know, philosophies in terms of like what they should be doing with play calling and things like that. But maybe with the addition of Todd Haley, uh, maybe with the revamping that they've done on offense and, you know, they get a little bit lucky 10 games. It's like, it's possible, but it is like at the very top of their range of outcomes.
2: Yeah, I agree. That's why I loved this, not only for the presentation, but I also think it does make you think, can this actually happen? So I would say on a scale of boldness, I am actually going to put this at nine. We got to keep in mind, he's saying 10 wins for a team that won zero games in the prior season. 10 wins is tough to do to begin with. The over-unders I've seen put them at five and a half games. In order for this to actually happen, I think that what you need is a huge change in philosophy and the team to operate in a way that it never has. And then also for that defense to be incredible. And then for Taylor to play at a level like uh, he would have to to finish in um, the scenario that I presented before.
3: Yeah. So I yeah, I'm going to go with a nine for uh, the hotness of it. And I'm going to say probably like two uh, for how likely it is.
2: Yeah, I- I'm on board with that. So, the first prediction, thank you again, Gabriel. That was absolutely fantastic. So, our next one comes from Adam. Let me cue this up. Adam from Dallas, Texas. All off-season, one name is missing from fantasy football analyst's house
5: across the industry. <laughs> After a disappointing rookie season, fantasy gamers completely forgotten about a 2017 top 10 draft pick. A young man... Who, his junior season with 17 touchdowns, led a Washington Huskies team to the college football playoffs. Need to remind fantasy gamers of the fastest 40-yard dash time ever recorded in combine history at 4.22 seconds. A young man who plays on a Cincinnati Bengals team with a
4: wide open number two wide receiver jump. Brandon LaFell is getting old and Tyler Boyd is very average. I project a top 50 wide receiver scoring output because John Ross, the third will be vindicated.
2: All right. do you think? of Hi, oh, Daniels uh, hold Iowa, on. And I just Sleep at the switch here. First time we've done these on the show. So, so what do you think of the uh, John Ross? Well, first I got to say, Adam was the first person that sent in a voicemail and I thought he killed it on presentation. Uh, sounded like a, a road of his writer as he was going through that. What, what are your thoughts?
3: Yeah, very dramatic, uh, which was fantastic. Um, in the addition of this, like uh it's not just 17 touchdowns. He had 17 receiving touchdowns in his redshirt junior season, but he also had a rushing touchdown and a kick return touchdown. Uh oh, like wow. very versatile, uh explosive player. Um, I like it. Uh I'm going with uh I'm gonna say nine point five. Um th-
2: nine point five on the boldness scale? John Ross top fifty?
3: Yeah. I, I think it's pretty bold because I, I agree with Adam. Uh, John Ross is totally forgotten, but he's a player I want on all of my teams. I think he actually has a, a very good chance of being a surprise second year player. Uh, I like it. I like it a lot. Okay. I'm, I'm going to say, uh, maybe like a four in terms of happening. Like is I think happening? he's totally going overlooked.
2: Okay. Uh- I guess I was going to put that more like a six. And I'd say that the chances of it happening are probably like a four or five like you. And just to contextualize what would need to happen for this to come true, uh, he would need to get around 130 or so points. So in the projections that I just did, I have him projected with 57 targets, which is 11% of the Bengals offense. So he's behind LaFell in the depth chart. He needs to see an increase to 15%. So if LaFell does miss, t- miss time, he has a very likely chance of doing it. I think he's behind LaFell, but that's how it could happen. I'll give you the final thoughts on this one.
3: Uh Yeah. I mean, I agree with what you said. I think there are also more avenues than just LaFell missing time. Uh, I think he could be better than LaFell, Uh, AJ Green could miss time. Tyler Eifert easily could miss time. Um, I mean, we're, the thing is, we're talking, we're we're talking about a guy who scored literally negative fantasy points last year. (laughs) Uh, you know, like, I think he had maybe like eight or 12 yards and a fumble. So like, it's, you know, like he has nowhere to go but up
2: okay and and i guess so we'll put a qualification on all of these going going forward that you know obviously if if there's other significant injuries on a the team that the player can get there yeah. that will be one way yeah. so moving along we are going to go to matt now let me make sure we don't have two mats here and see if i can find it oh uh, gosh we do have two mats but luckily i labeled them so here we go
4: Hi, hey, my name is matt and calling from uh, new york new york the city's so nice they named it twice my bold prediction is that I think Matt Stafford's going to be a top-five quarterback this year. He's got great weapons in Tate, Jones, and Galladay. He's got Luke Wilson, a talented tight end. He's got an improved offensive line that might over- outperform where everyone's expecting them to play this year. And he's got the threat of a run game. And uh, I like him a lot this year. Bold prediction. Matt Stafford, top-five quarterback.
2: So I thought this one is it, uh, on the boldness scale, maybe like a, maybe like a four or five, I guess, just because if you look, um, in the last five seasons, Stafford's highest finish is seven. He's averaging quarterback 14 finish with 25 touchdowns, uh, since 2013. Um, in the likelihood of coming true, I would actually say it's probably around like a three. What do you think, Matt? Uh,
3: yeah. So I'm with you on the, I, I put that around a five in terms of hotness. Um, cause I I think Stafford is a little undervalued this year and I think he does have a decent chance to get there, especially, uh, with the possible maturation of Galladay, uh, yep. who I think has sort of like quarterback uplifting potential. Um, so if we see similar production out of the other two receivers, um, I think Galladay could be someone who really gives a boost to that offense and to, to Stafford's passing potential. So I'm going to say like. I don't know, I think it's around like a 5 in terms of hotness and maybe like a 4 or a 5 in terms of like how possible it is.
2: Yeah, Um so... I think that for this to happen, we, we need to see a major improvement in yards and more likely he need to pass for another five or more touchdowns, uh, compared to his average of 25. I think for him to get in there. So if he could get to 29, uh, he got to 29 and 15 and, uh, that was the most since 2013. Keep in mind Calvin Johnson who had eight that season. Nonetheless, we appreciate that, uh, that bold take, Matt. Now let's take a listen to Jacob.
4: Hey, this is Jacob from Long Island. Got a bold prediction for you here. CJ Anderson outscores. Christian McCaffrey in fantasy this year. Oh, yeah. The reason is because C.J. Anderson will have more carries. He'll have more goal line touches. And he'll be the safer guy. But Christian McCaffrey is going to be the spark, which is why he'll be great. But C.J. Anderson is definitely that guy. And definitely Cam Newton will rely on him. He's the new Jonathan Stewart, but a bigger upgrade. And that's exactly what they need. And that Super Bowl run they're going for, I think it's going to be a great year for the Panthers. C.J. Anderson... MVP of
2: the offense. Bold, bold, bold. bold. I'm going to give that a nine. I think it's so bold. Chances of that happening, I put it a one. no 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 let me take that back let me take assuming there's no injury to McCaffrey assuming no injury to McCaffrey I put that at at a three sure
3: okay so so like the uh it's gonna be a great season made me think of uh Gus Hanson it's gonna be a great summer but anyway um okay so CJ Anderson uh, outscores McCaffrey I could totally see it happening um like I'm putting this at a I mean I don't know how many how many people out there do you think in terms of like Let's say like quote unquote industry experts. How yeah. many people out there do you think, um, believe that Anderson has a legit chance of outscoring McCaffrey? Like, what, um, what do you think that number is? Maybe, maybe 20%?
2: Yeah, probably somewhere around 20. Like, I mean, I think there's a legitimate chance, but I would still put myself in the pool of people that aren't really taking that serious. So, yeah, I would probably put it maybe even like 15.
3: Yeah, yeah, I think you're probably right. A little less than that. Like, I would say this is, um, I don't know, maybe like a four in terms of like bold prediction because like I could legitimately see this happening um, based on how they used – and as he said, like the case is basically that CJ Anderson is a better Jonathan Stewart. And if he is a better Jonathan Stewart, I think he might get even more touches than Jonathan Stewart got last year. I think he's mm-hmm. probably locked into the goal line usage. Uh, and he's also a pretty decent receiver. Um, So it might be the type of situation where not that Anderson takes uh targets away from McCaffrey, but that they just use him a little bit more as a pass catching back than they used with Stewart last year, right? Maybe just fewer targets go to the wide receivers, something like that. Um, I could see it happening.
2: Okay. I mean, yeah, I can see it happening. Now, the interesting thing you talk about the goal line usage. My father in law never got in his bold prediction, but his was that Cam Newton scores 15 touch, rushing touchdowns this season. So. <laughs> You know, if that happens, then I think it's pretty apparent that Anderson's not going to get this. Yeah. But I ran the numbers based upon a quick little projection that I did. And it could happen if Anderson gets 45% of the rushing attempts to McCaffrey's 30. Uh Anderson gets 3% of targets. McCaffrey could only get up to 10% of targets. And Anderson would need to score 11 touchdowns. It's math like that that makes me think that this is unlikely.
3: Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think it, I still think it could happen.
2: No, yeah. I mean, it definitely could. And, uh, in the background, you can hear the cat trying to break into the, these, uh, he managed to break into the really, the, the rebuilt studio. He's in one of the major reasons for building the studio was to keep him out and he is in.
3: Uh, I feel like that's the reason to, to build the studio so that your cat can break into it. <laughs> Give the cat a challenge.
2: Oh my God. Yeah, I know that this cat's like crazy intelligent too. We should talk about, about it. He's a very rare breed of cat. He's he's interesting. We should talk about him at some point, but we'll move along. Oh, we
3: absolutely should never talk about your cat on the show. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So anyway, for for the uh, CJ Anderson, I think I, I'm giving that like a, a four or a five uh in terms of like the boldness <laughs> and like a four or five in terms of uh possibility for occurring.
2: Uh, okay. My final call is eight on the boldness scale. And I'm going to say likelihood of coming true. I'm going to put it like Three. Okay. All right. So we're now going to move on to Jake. Uh, it's interesting. I didn't unintentionally, um, nobody cares about that. So we're just going to move on.
4: <laughs> hey, my name is Jake Bison. I'm telling in from Iowa City, Iowa. My bold prediction for the year is that Allen Robinson is going to return to being a top receiver. I'm going to say he's going to be a top five wide receiver in da- Dynasty uh, moving forward and especially, um, after in an here and read back. Thank you.
2: Okay. So Alan Robbins are going to get back to being a top receiver. I mean, I think there's a little bit of heat behind that. I'll give that a five. I think the likelihood of that coming true is probably like a six, six and
3: a half. Wow. So one, I have to say, uh, Jake, uh, from Iowa city. Awesome place. Um, it's about 20 minutes down the road from me. Uh, so anyway, okay. Now, now that we got that pleasantry out of the way, um, Alan Robinson is a top five dynasty receiver. Uh, I don't think, I'm going to say that's like a, I don't know, maybe like an eight, but I'm giving that like a one out of, uh, like it's the likelihood of that happening. Because even if Robinson has a great season, there have to be other receivers who have, uh, mediocre seasons for him to move up as a dynasty asset. You know what I mean? Well, like it's. Uh, I-
2: I don't know what you mean. I'm looking at the age of the receiver, right? So this is what I'm thinking. If Robinson scores like 12 touchdowns, you don't think that people are going to move him up with AB getting old, Julio probably falling out of that fold. I mean, if you look at the other young receivers, I think Keenan Allen gets in there, Michael Thomas, Devontae Adams, OBJ. I think you could see people putting him in at five.
3: Yeah, I don't see it. I think one of Antonio Brown or Julio would still be drafted ahead of him.
2: Okay. What if, yeah, I mean, obviously you have to keep AB in there. I'm trying to talk myself into it. Let me ask you this, though. What if it's a startup? Where do we you know, it's a, he scores 12 touchdowns. We have a startup draft after a 12 touchdown season for Robinson, and the Bears are the 2018 version of the Rams. And there's a rational exuberance.
3: Uh, yeah. I'm still thinking of like top five dynasty. I'm thinking of that in terms of like startup value slash like trade market value. Uh, I still think there are other receivers ahead of him.
2: Okay. You know what? You've actually talked me into it. So I'm going to say for boldness, I'm going to put this around an eight chances of this happening. I'm going to put it at two.
3: Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, I think that's about right. And and like, but I don't think this changes the possibility of Robinson having a huge season, which I think is sort of like the core underlying part of this. I think he could have a huge season. I just don't see that. Uh, I don't see that bumping him into the top five of dynasty wide receivers.
2: Yeah. Okay. And I should point out that now the cat is. Uh, banging his head into the mic, he has <laughs> careened. So we're doing a trial run of a video here. The cat has swung around the uh, webcam, so it is no longer facing me, and this is a disaster. So we're going to move on to Scott right now, and uh, hopefully, oh my god! Now the cat half of him is on the the keypad on the computer that I'm using to play these, and it's not it's not scrolling. This, All right, here we go. This is
3: a disaster.
2: Yeah, it hey, is. My name is Scott. Chicago area, um, probably
5: too late for the bold prediction, but uh, my bold prediction is that Blake Bortles, the QB one for the season. Thanks, bye.
2: Oh, that is straight fire. I'm gonna put that at a ten, and I think the likelihood of that <laughs> happening is a one. <laughs>
3: so, so that was so unassuming. It's like, <laughs> hey guys, it's Scott r- around <laughs> Chicago. I'm not even really from Chicago, just kind of around Chicago, and I mean, I don't know. This this might be too late. This, I mean, this might be for nothing. But, but I think Blake Bortles is going to be the top overall fantasy. So I just want to be sure. Oh, I is love it, it. Is it the number one overall quarterback, or is it just a QB one?
2: Um, I interpreted it when I listened and I did go back twice to ensure my belief is that he is saying that uh, Blake Bortles of the Jacksonville Jaguars will be the QB one because that's what makes this a fire. Yeah, take.
3: that's that's I'm interpreting it that way. So, uh, well, yeah, I would say that is the boldest take that we will probably ever hear blake Wardles as the top overall fantasy quarterback uh and i think it has absolutely no chance of happening (laughs) but but a fantastic take
2: oh my god the juxtaposition of his enthusiasm for what i would i would not be able to contain myself if i was calling in with that so scott i gotta i gotta thank you that was a tremendous call uh and i am through projecting the afc nfc north um and there's only four quarterbacks that I have in my projections that score worse than Bortles. So I'm not high on him this year. In 11 and 12, he did finish, uh or excuse me, he finished 11 and 12 and 16 and 17, respectively, he would need to come a long way. So I, I'm thinking that the team needs to make a huge trade. They somehow secure like uh OBJ or Antonio Brown or, or they sign Des Bryant and Des goes off and has the season of his life with like 16 touchdowns. I think that's the only way that could happen. Yeah. And I think even more than that, the
3: defense needs to crumble and they need to get mm. in a position where the offense has to score more points. Um, I, I, Otherwise, I don't think it happens. But yeah, like in terms of his uh, like points per game. Um, you know, quote unquote, like prolificness, like he actually was a top five fantasy quarterback in 2015, which that yeah. just sounds unreal. Um, but you know, last year, um, you know, high end ish kind of a uh, quarterback too. But I mean, a lot of that just feels so, I don't know, so fluky. They weren't really using him in, in a true kind of like quarterback way. Um, but the thing is, he does have some weapons there um Mm -hmm. dd westbrook i I think has kind of like ty hilton-esque type of potential um so maybe in some outlier way bortles could be a top five fantasy quarterback i just don't see him being number one overall that would be amazing
2: yeah it would and then just uh put some things in perspective in 2015 that was that season where they just went nuts and uh alan robinson and alan hearns went off and they had he had 35 passing touchdowns yeah so before we get into some more bold takes uh I want to tell you about our good friends at the FFPC, the home of season-long high-stakes fantasy football. The 2018 NFL season is almost here, and the FFPC has a format to suit every diehard's interest and budget, whether it's best ball or super flex or classic managed leagues. There are drafts filling daily, starting at just $35. Jump into a slow or live draft today. The FFPC also features the world's greatest contest in season-long fantasy football. Come to play at Hollywood Resort and Casino in Las Vegas this September, and draft in the FFPC main event. Well spending opening NFL weekend in Vegas with hundreds of diehards just like you. If you can't make it to Vegas, then draft online from the comfort of your home and compete for the massive $250,000 grand prize with over 2 million in total cash prizes in this year's contest. Don't miss the FFPC experience, Rotovis listeners. Go to myffpc.com, that's myffpc.com, the home of season-long high-stakes fantasy football, and be sure that you draft Blake Bortles' QB one.
3: Oh my, don't do that. That was that was not real fantasy advice. <laughs> no, that wasn't.
2: So, let's move on to another one that I actually, uh, I, I enjoyed this prediction a lot, so let's take a listen.
4: Hello, my name's Jeff, known uh, as Dynasty Knob on Twitter. Uh, my hot take for 2018 is that more rookie running back make it into the top 12 this year than in the 2017 season. That means four, four rookie running backs will be in the top 12 this season.
2: Whoa, I love that one. I'm going to say that's a pretty pretty fire take. I'm going to put that in nine. And I think the chances of that happening are probably like a two. Hmm. Uh... I don't know. That could happen. I I can't, no, I can see it happening. It just, when you look historically. So since 2000, only 22 running backs have finished as uh, RB1s in their rookie season. Last year, we had uh, Kamara Hunt, McCaffrey Fournette. Um, in 2008, we had three. And in 2012, we had three bags do it. But I, I don't think that history is really on the side of this.
3: Okay. So there were four last year. So this year we Yeah, I know. He to, said that.
2: So I, yes. I think he might have been using something else. But from what I have, it's Kamar Hunt, McCaffrey, and Fournette. And I'm pretty positive that that was kind of across the board.
3: Yeah. Uh, is that on a points-per-game basis?
2: Th- this was overall,
3: right? Well, okay. It, which I'm okay. going off
2: of what he stipulated. So I okay. think – over, So maybe on a points-per-game basis, it was only three.
3: Yeah. I'm not sure. Okay. So – um, yeah. So to get to five, that is really hard. I think four is possible, but five, I don't think it's possible, but, um, I mean, Saquon Barkley, I think has a very good chance. I think guys yep. and Freeman have chances. Penny has a chance. Um, and then after that you get into some territory of, you know, some combination of Chubb, Jones, Michelle and carry on Johnson, like two of those four have to break in, I think, in order for this to to actually work. And then you have maybe like a 2% chance of something like Naheem Hines uh, as like an uber pass catching back, maybe kind of breaking in as like a a poor man's Christian McCaffrey or something like that. But it's a really small group of, of potential candidates.
2: Yeah, and just what we're talking about rookie running backs, can we stop it with this Jordan Wilkins madness, people? Yeah, I.
3: I, I mean, concur. let's let's just yeah.
2: let's throw this out the window. It's so ridiculous. Yeah. It, it's just beyond. Rid- we'll talk more about that at another point. But come on, let it go. So I loved this prediction. I think our final thoughts are that it's pretty bold, and though it probably won't come true, we actually can we can see it happening.
3: Yeah. Uh, I, I like. I think a nine or a ten for boldness, and probably like a one in terms of its uh capability of happening.
2: Yeah, I, I think I, I think I'm somewhere around there too. So this this is another fantastic one. Hey, this is Donald Scott. I'm calling from Mississippi where I'm stuck at at the moment.
4: But my uh hot take, if you will, is that Jordan Matthews with the New England Patriots will actually have uh incredible fantasy season. I think he is going to take like all the targets that, of course, Elliman is going to miss at the beginning of the season, but a lot of targets that nobody's expected. Uh, so, Jordan, sleeper receiver. And my other take is, Alex Collins will leave the
2: league in rushing yards this year. Thank you. Oh, my goodness. Donald, <laughs> so I, good. I love – that was so good. I think the Jordan Matthews one, that's not that bold, but the Alex Collins leading the leading in rushing, that is um, – my fingertips are burning from pressing play on that.
3: Really? Okay. So, one, I love how he's like, Mississippi, where I'm stuck right now. It's like <laughs> – I mean, I, I feel like so many people in Mississippi could be like, I'm just stuck here right now, but – um Man, Alex Collins. I think, okay. well, wait,
2: I interpret it as maybe he uh, you know, has a job where he's where he's traveling and he's coming oh, sure. in Mississippi.
3: Sure. Yeah. Okay. Uh okay. Jordan Matthews. Okay, so I you're I'm actually flipped in terms of like the oh hotness meter. Um, oh wow. I, I don't think there's any way. I mean, I like Jordan Matthews. I don't think there's any way that he leads that team in receiving. Like Gronk's oh, is on he, the did team. He,
2: did he specifically say leads the team in receiving?
3: Isn't that what he said?
2: I thought, I thought it was just that, uh, Jordan Matthews will have a great season Uh, and he'll get, when Edelman's gone, he'll get all the targets. Okay.
3: So great season. So that's kind of amorphous in terms of like how you define a great season. Uh, I still don't think he's going to have a great, like what would you consider as a great season?
2: I think a great outcome for Jordan Matthews would be finishing like wide receiver three. I think would be a great season for him. Um, I don't see him being able to get beyond that. Uh, it really comes from a, Lack of, of target volume and also the talent that he's also going to be playing with. Although I do think he's a tremendously talented receiver and I actually think that he could probably do maybe equally as well if, as Edelman if given the chance, but I don't think that that has any chance of happening Yeah, just so, because of how entrenched Edelman is.
3: So I don't think anyone would say that a wide receiver three season is even a great season. I think that would be like, that's a great season for him,
2: which is, yeah, is why like, mean, I'm yeah. thinking of
3: like, if he's saying just the kind of blanket statement, Jordan Matthews is going to have a great season. Um, I just kind of don't see that happening. Uh, but Alex Collins, I think legitimately could lead the league in rushing. Uh, in the second half of the season, he was pretty good. Um, and that was kind of just getting thrown into the offense. I think if the offense is better, um, then it obviously could just be like a holistically better situation for Collins. So I think that one is actually fairly possible. Like I'd say that's maybe like, I don't know, a six or a seven in terms of its hotness or I should say boldness. Um, yeah. and then maybe, I don't know, like a three or four in terms of like, could it happen?
2: Um, well, so. Kareem Hunt led the league in uh, rushing last season with 1,327 yards. My projection right now gives Collins 57% of rushing attempts and and uh, he's actually slated at uh, 4.3 yards per carry, which is pretty competitive. Um, the 75th percentile for an RB one is 4.6. So at that 57% share, he'd have to get up to a 74% share of Ravens Ravens rushing attempts. Uh, you gotta remember too, they're a team that passes a lot. So if he if he 74%, that's not gonna happen. At, also at the 57%, he'd have to average five and a half yards per carry, which again is well beyond that 75th percentile. So I think when I look at it from that context I think it has a very very slim chance of happening I'd probably put it at like a two.
3: yeah I don't think the Ravens are going to, to throw as much this year as they have in previous seasons like they have a new offensive coordinator in place uh and then I also think that there's like the the fringe outlier possibility that at some point Lamar Jackson comes into the offense and at that point there's like the kind of the threat of the running quarterback and that opens up more opportunity for efficiency with Alex Collins running.
2: All right, I like it. We're building in a lot of assumptions there. into that, and that's, what, that's what these bold predictions are about. So I'm, I'm going to stick with where I was on that one. But um, I thought that was pretty bold, and, and Matt seems to think that that uh, has a good chance of happening. So there we go on that one. Now, here is one from a voice that some of you uh Roto-Viz listeners may be familiar with.
4: Hey, guys. This is fun calling in from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Um, I got a few hot takes for you. So... Let's start with Ryan Grant. I think Ryan Grant outscores Josh Stockson in PPR leagues this year. What are your thoughts? That's not hot enough for you. i got a few others. <laughs> Please need not Michael Crabtree, will be the leading receiver on the Baltimore Ravens. Tyra Taylor will start fewer than four games. Couldn't find the exact game prop. Shit, I'll do the last one again. Sam Darnold <laughs> will be the offensive rookie of the year. Thanks, let me know. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> so, I... Uh,
2: uh, so, so... All right. I actually had edited that. I, I'd taken out the swear and uh, cleaned it up for him. So, he sounded a little bit better. I guess I just saved the wrong one. So, we're going to leave that actually on here. And I'm cracking up because that is Hassan Rahim, who is one of my favorite people in the entire uh, fantasy football landscape. So, I'm just dying over here laughing at that. So, so your thoughts, Matt? Really,
3: a really sharp way to uh, to get, get onto the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm dying. Okay. So, uh, what was what was the first one? It was Ryan Green. Grant, uh, and, 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 yeah, he's like, and uh, I don't know, maybe that's not sufficiently hot. <laughs> um, I I don't believe that Ryan Grant will outscore Josh Thomson, but it's I don't know, it's possible. It might be close. Was it uh, Willie Snead uh, leads Baltimore?
2: That one's yeah, interesting. I thought that I thought that was pretty hot. I'd give that like a six.
3: Yeah, I think that's pretty hot. I like that one. Uh, Tyrod Taylor starting under four games. Um, very possible. I think uh, there's like a pretty big bifurcation with Taylor. Like I think he's probably around like the four or five game mark or he mm-hmm. lasts pretty deep into the season and plays like at least 10, maybe closer to like 12 games. Um, so I think it's possible that Taylor goes under four. Um, I think the market is probably like around there.
2: Yeah, I think I'm more or less on board with all with all of the things that you just said. Um so I, I thought, you know, decently bold on some of those. Other, well, I really the, to to me the Sneed one is the only one that is that bold. And uh Hassan, I I apologize again for exposing you there. I don't know if you were trying to keep your identity concealed, but that just cracked me up too much. I thought it was fantastic. So I, I'm glad that it aired in in its full essence. Um but yeah, I, I don't feel too strongly on, really on any of those, except I, I really, really hope that Taylor can, can stay in and go those four games. I know Mayfield's going to be exciting, but I want to see Taylor actually get to play in an offense that has, you know nfl caliber players in it
3: yeah you know do you remember uh the episode of the office where michael scott gives like three introductions to the um the wedding toast that he's giving at phyllis's wedding where like he's (laughs) not even invited to to give a toast like i feel like that's what hasan was doing (laughs) where he's just like coming onto the show and just giving like multiple hot takes just like shotgunning hot takes just to see Uh. what sticks
2: Oh, the other, but the other great thing too is he sent me. He sent me a message later, being like, "Do you need more hot takes?" Because he's got more (laughs) one of them. And this is act. This actually is hot. Is that Ezekiel Elliott finishes outside of the top twelve of running back rankings? Oh,
3: I mean, that's very possible. I mean, the Cowboys can be totally
2: not impressed. <laughs> I
3: mean, oh, oh, a, a running back, a, a, a running back not finishing in the top 12 at the position. Like, come on. Uh, like, like six yeah, of, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. I mean, there's like this tier of like six guys going at the top. Half of them won't finish in the top six. You know no, what I mean?
2: I, yeah. But, but, but. You look at that team and they're devoid of talent uh, in the passing game, right? So you have to assume that they're going to rely heavily on that ground game. We know they love Zeke. I don't really think that this is a team that can rely on Dak. And I think that's how you convince yourself that saying that Elliott's going to finish outside of the top 12, given the volume that you would expect is a hot take.
3: Yeah, I mean, I I just – the offense could be so bad. Um, And they could suffer injury. I mean, so I'm relying on the suffering injuries thing on the offensive line, but the offense could just be so bad um, that Zeke doesn't get as many carries as you would expect just because they can't sustain drives.
2: Yeah. All right. That, that's fair. Uh, so here's a take that I think that you were going to like.
4: Hi, this is Daniel from Des Moines, Iowa, and I just wanted to give you a quick bold prediction. Uh, my prediction is that Kenyon Drake from the Miami Dolphins is going to finish as a running back one. I think he's going to finish with just under 2,000 total scrimmage yards, as well as 12 total touchdowns. So write that down, mark that down, put that where you need to, put it in your pocket. Uh, keep that with you when you draft because Kenyon Drake is going to be a stud this year thanks a lot, love the show can't wait to, to hear your Bull Predictions episode
2: Oh my goodness. That was absolute fire. Was I believe great. he said, I don't know if he said he's going to be an RB one or the RB one, but if you're projecting the, under, under two K yards, that, you have to be that was the
3: RB one, which is nice. I like it. I think that's a 10 in terms of boldness. And I yep. would say that's maybe around like a two in terms of happening. Uh, But I like it. You got to
2: be aggressive with those guys. Oh my goodness. Um, so, I have him at 1,024 yards and seven total touchdowns in my predictions, and that is at a rushing share of 50%, target share of nine. He'd have to go over 68% and 30% of targets at average efficiency for this to happen. So I'm going to say it's impossible on the yardage unless he goes for six yards per carry. I love it, though. It's scrimmage
3: yards, right?
2: Yeah, scrimmage yards, right. But I'm yeah. adding those two together. So yeah, uh, six yards per carry, um, is, is more or less what he, he would need to get to. Cause I think with the receiving, you know, with an actual realistic share that you could expect, you know, that's only going to contribute so much. So I'm going to give that, I think that's actually a 10 for boldness.
3: Yeah. I mean, I think the, so you have, uh, a little over a thousand yards. Is that rushing or scrimmage? That's both. Wow. <laughs> let's, let's set a prop. I'm going to take the over.
2: You're going to take the over? ah god. I mean I actually probably would take it as well, but just because you know for for the sake of the show here I'm going to go on the under.
3: But okay, well, we have to take it. A- well, do you oh, want to ahead. do you want to bump that up a little bit?
2: Uh let's you- put it at 1300. <laughs> 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 <That's horrible. laughs> no, 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 no. Let's go what do you think? Uh 1175.
3: That's I'll give you 1100. I think that's a pretty fair line. I'll still take the over.
2: All right, so moving along from a fantastic one, here we have Tony uh with his prediction about the second half of the season.
4: This is James from Seattle. I'm calling in with a uh, bold prediction, uh, which is the second half of the season.
5: Allen Robinson and Josh Gordon will both be wide receiver ones. Love the show. Love what you guys are doing. Thanks.
2: So actually, I'm not sure if the name is Tony. I was going off of what uh, the Google um, like speech to tech software said, so I'm, I might be wrong on that. Um, I, I got to be honest. I, yeah, I think that this is this is very likely to happen, and I, I really don't find it that bold, unfortunately.
3: Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't think it's very likely. Like, I think it's possible. It's so you have to have the, the two guys both as wide receiver ones. Like, I think it's very possible that one of them isn't. I would say it's actually likely that this doesn't happen. Um, but I still don't think it's the Apple. I would say like it's maybe like a five, you know, yeah, you
2: know what? You're right. I'm not giving it the degree of credit that it should deserve because I think when you're, you're making the two players, the only thing though, it, it's for me. If I tell you that Alan Robinson and Josh Gordon finish it well, or, or if this, this happens, are you really going to be that surprised at the end of the season?
3: No, I'm not going to be surprised.
2: Right. I, I don't mean to kind of crap on the, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the bold prediction here. I'm sorry, that's not what I'm trying to do, but uh, I guess I just, you know, after you hear Kenyon Drake 2,000 yards, everything's going to pale in comparison. Uh,
3: yeah, uh, I mean, yeah,
2: uh, I feel, I feel like a, like a, like a jerk. Uh, I no, feel like it's, um, it's totally fine. I feel like Kevin McAllister uh, when he spills the coke all over the tickets.
3: <laughs> it's, it's totally fine. Um, okay, it's. I mean, it, it could happen. It, it might not happen. I don't know.
2: Alright, so, so we have another Matt with a, with a nice one here. Hey, this
4: is uh, Matt from Kanyeohe, Hawaii. My bold prediction is that uh, the TE30, Gerald Everett, outscores the TE13, OJ Howard in 2018. Uh, with 15.3 yards per catch, Everett's already shown as a threat in the NFL, and he's the cheapest way to buy into that elite Rams offense. A second year breakouts are where we want to look, and both OJ Howard and Everett popped in the road of his TE prospect model. O.J. Howard is just a blocker, though, competing with the receiving end Cameron Raitt, who we for $7 million in 2018. Everett is just competing with Tyler Higby, a blocker who was also the weakest link on the offense last year. As the fourth pick, 44th pick in 2018, he's uh, McVay's highest draft pick to date. Even to this day, he's now ready to step into the Jordan Reed goal in 2018.
2: Wow. Wow. I think this guy could replace me as host. I was going to say,
3: that was some Rotovis level. uh Yeah, that there. was. I like that.
2: Oh, my God. That was fantastic. So, uh, I think that um, the odds of this happening, I, I think he does it, – it's interesting to bring up Gerald Everett because I know he's a name that uh, Sean Siegel has, has liked for a number of years Um and he's, you don't really hear a lot of talk about him, but I think if things do play out in a way, not to get back to the injury, but if something arises in that offense that lets him become more of a contributor, I think that he could do it. And there are concerns about OJ Howard right now. I know the team has said, um, or they've put out a couple of things recently that kind of question his work ethic, and perhaps he's not living up to be what they were hoping. Um, so. You know, he did average 10 points per game down the stretch last season. Uh, so I think that's pretty, that's pretty bold. I'm going to put that one at like an eight and a half or a nine. I think the odds of that coming true are probably a two, unfortunately, though I, I would love to see it happen.
3: Yeah, I like this one. I think I'd put it, yeah, I think probably around a nine. Uh, I may, I put maybe a three in terms of happening. Uh, what I like about Gerald Everett is that, uh, he is that move type of tight end who is very athletic and Howard does have to deal with Cameron Bright. Um, and then also, and I think underrated, uh, aspect of this is that Sean McVay, like, he got his start as a tight ends coach. Like, he is someone who has had success with tight ends before. So, uh, I think they do want him to be a part of that offense. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I like it. Gerald Everett, like, you know, pretty, pretty athletic guy, pretty sparky type of guy. I think he's someone who, uh, like fits the profile of a, a second year tight end breakout.
2: Yeah, well, I think that's what he was looking for there. So, solid, solid, bold prediction. And here is Glenn. Uh, my name
4: is Glenn. I'm calling from D.C. and just wanted to go ahead and leave uh, some bold predictions. I got three of them. OBJ has only 84 receptions, 1134 yards, and nine touchdowns. He basically has target positions drops to about 22% of the targets that the Giants have based on all the extra players are going to be. On there between Barkley and Ingram and and Shepard consuming a bunch of targets. I also have Baldwin having one of his biggest seasons with uh, 140 targets, 90 receptions, 1,096 yards, and seven TDs. Basically, with uh, um, with Graham out and the running game not being able to do anything, and the O line being what it's been basically the whole time that um, that Wilson's been there. He goes on and has his best season, and then Hopkins has one of his lowest targets in a uh, uh, reception year since two thousand and fourteen, where he has one hundred and thirty eight targets, ninety one receptions, four hundred yards, and nine TD.
3: Hope I get on the show.
2: Wow, I, I like the the, the three part of there, and I-, I think that I got to get your reaction first here.
3: I feel like this was a guy who uh, played around quite a bit with the road of his tools. And, I think uh, so and, and you had had the information there and just wanted to fire it off at someone um let me see obj at 84 receptions I think that yep. it's not that that's particularly likely but that, I think that's like well within the realm of possibility um Baldwin 140 targets I think that's pretty possible Hopkins with the down season. Um I don't think quite as possible but I mean it, it's possible. I think the OBJ with 84 receptions um that's not likely but like that is I'd say maybe like 35% um possibility.
2: Yeah, well, well when I was looking at it, I was thinking that so OBJ um realistically, like 25% seems like a good place to put him. Now the team passed a league high 608 times last season. So if they were go down in the middle of the road at like 550, uh, even at the 25%, he'd come out around the 84 rec. So I think that that could happen. I mean, you probably don't want to hear it if you're somebody that's interested or really, uh, you know already has OBJ on a team that that could happen. I think the Baldwin at 140 targets that is going to happen. So I love that prediction. Uh, it's going to be a great season for Baldwin. Now, the Hopkins one, I actually do find that somewhat somewhat bold because I think that if you look across the industry, everybody's going to have Hopkins up in like the 170 kind of realm.
3: Yes. I, I think Hopkins, Um, I, I think that take is the boldest of the three takes.
2: Yeah. I, I would agree with that. So moving along, we have Keith
4: Hey, what's up, guys? My name's Keith uh, from Berica, Massachusetts. Shout out to 978 Area Code. Uh, my bull <laughs> prediction for this year is Stefan Diggs will finish as a top three wide receiver and I'll boost up to maybe one of the top two, three,
2: five um, dynasty wide receivers out there. Thanks. Thanks for all the work you do. Awesome. I-, I like it. So this this is a fun one. Stefan Diggs finishes in the top three. I have been projected with 22% of the Vikings offense to Thielen's 24, which maybe you can react to, but if he could get up to 28, he has a real possibility of finishing in the top three.
3: Uh, yeah. So I think the split um, in terms of usage with Thielen, um, that's going to be pretty difficult to negotiate, but I, I right. think that the two of them in general will probably dominate the, the target usage uh, Diggs as a top three. Like it, it's possible if he plays at uh, like incredible efficiency, I don't know if that is, uh, I don't know. I mean, it's, I think it's bold. I think this is around like a, a nine in terms of boldness. I think it has maybe like a two or a three in, in terms of its like possibility of happening. Yep. Like it could happen. Uh, I just don't think it will.
2: Yeah. I'm with you there. I think I would give this an eight and a half. And I think the odds of this happening are probably, I, I put like a, a two. I feel like a two is where this is.
3: Yeah. It's, I mean, Diggs has the talent. I think, to be right. a, a top three fantasy player. It's just a question of whether he will get the usage. And I don't think he will because uh Thielen deserves usage too. So I think that will be the main thing. And then also like, you know, Diggs could, he could suffer an injury and it's not just like he could suffer an injury and miss time. He could suffer an injury and play through the injury for a chunk of the season, which like we've seen him do and he's right. been okay doing that, but he hasn't been like nearly a, a top receiver when he's been injured.
2: Yeah, fair points all across the board there.
4: Hey, guys. My name is Spencer. I'm in Cincinnati. Love the show. My bold prediction for this year is that Melvin Gordon finishes as a top three running back.
2: I got to be honest. <laughs> I have him right bold. now. I still have I have three divisions to do, and I have Melvin Gordon right now at my RB2. Granted, there's still some big names to go, so I'm not finding this exceedingly bold. I'm going to put this at like a four, and I think the odds of this happening, I'd, I'd give it like a six.
3: Yeah. I mean, I think Melvin Gordon is, um, I hate to, I mean, I think he's a trash running back, just in <laughs> terms of like efficiency, but he, he's probably, I mean, he has to be better than I've given him credit for. But the thing is like, he gets, he gets the volume, he gets the goal line touches and he gets targets. Like there's right. really not much else that you would want from a running back. Um, so yeah, like top three running back easily within the realm of possibilities. Like he yeah, was, it, he was almost there um, like two years ago, you know, like it's like, it's right. very possible.
2: Yeah. I mean, my prediction or my projection, I think actually had him sub four yards per carry. So I had him down, I think in like the 25th percentile for an RB one in terms of yard per carry. And he still managed to to absolutely crush it. So like, I'm pretty confident he can't fall outside of my top seven in the projections, but let's move along to John. If I can find his, here we go.
4: Hi, John
2: from in Manitoba, Canada. My
4: bold predictions are Chris Hogan finishes as a wide receiver one this year, and Marcus Mariota outscores Cam Newton and Deshaun Watson.
2: I think the, the – nice. the Yeah, I, take take me through your thoughts.
3: Yeah, so Hogan is a wide receiver one. Um, I think that's, that's possible, especially if you assume that – Edelman doesn't come back at full strength and they kind of yep. shift the focus of the offense a little bit. So I think that's possible. Um, Mariota outscoring Newton and Watson, uh, I don't think is quite as likely. Um, I mean, just because you have Newton as a guy who went healthy is a top three fantasy quarterback. Uh, and Watson is a guy who, uh, it's just, I think, you know, like top, I don't know. I mean, he's, I think he's top six fantasy quarterback. Um, Mario to outscoring both of them. I think that's, that's pretty bold.
2: Yeah. So, so on both fronts, I think that after I reflected a little bit more, I found them bolder. So I would collectively put this probably up at like an eight. I think the likelihood of both happening obviously is at a one Hogan is the wide receiver one. I've met 17% in the projections that I did. If he could get up to 23%, which like you said, would require probably Edelman to have a bit of a lag getting back into form then he could do it. But I think that, you know, that is a slimmer range of outcomes. So I thought that was pretty bold. And then I actually have, um, Mary Oda needing to get to around 27 touchdowns or like three rushing touchdowns and it could happen. Um, in my projections, I think that, uh, he actually scores in, in kind of a similar realm to Watson. I have not done Cam yet, so I can't exactly speak to that, but I, I liked this one. I thought that, uh, especially if you're parlaying the two, this is, this is bold.
3: Yeah. If you're thinking of both of them together, it is extremely bold. One thing to keep in mind, uh, Newton is basically locked to get
2: 15 rushing touchdowns this year as, as, we, <laughs> well, as, as we've best. been made aware. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah, that is an absolute lock.
4: All right. Hi, my name is Kyle Bailey. I'm from Orlando, Florida. Uh, my bold prediction for the 2018 season is that Jay Ajayi is a league winner. If it's fourth round ADP. I think the Eagles have no other backs that are actually going to be able to pound the ball between tackles. Uh, they got a bunch of scat backs. You might not get the receiving workload, but the team that just won the Super Bowl, that had the great defense, that has positive game scripts, the team... It's going to have to run the ball a lot when they're up and when they're close and when they're tied. And uh, Jay Jay is that guy. And uh he just getting warmed up last season. We saw what he was going to do towards the end of the, the 2017 season. Uh, I think he's going to have 250 carries. I think he's going to have uh, at least 40 catches. And he's going to go for uh finishing at the RB6. All right, thanks.
3: Woo! Yeah. i I got to be honest, Matt. How bold is that? I think I think it's pretty bold. I I really like it though. Where, where do you have it? You have it sounds like you have that like around a ten.
2: I uh, no, I don't. Have, I don't think I have it quite at a ten. But but I I like it overall because I'm gonna put that at nine. And and the reason though that I give that the little uh, uh sound effect there is because I think this is something that could happen and a lot of people yeah. aren't really paying attention to it. Uh So we. Uh, 11 on he averaged just 11 carries i think he'd probably need to get closer to around 20 for this to actually come to fruition but if you look at a team like the eagles who should be ahead the team should be able to run a lot he's the main guy there this is very possible, especially because he said he could be a league winner. You know, he didn't say that he's going to be the best running back in the league, but given where you're going to be drafting him, what you could get out of him, I think it's a it's an astute point to make.
3: Yeah, like at RB six, I think that's very possible, especially if he inherits the goal line carries. Uh, and I could see them being a little uh, less likely to want to use Carson Wentz around the goal line as, as someone who might sneak in. So yeah, I think uh, I think it's very possible.
2: Yeah. So, so I like it. So let's play. I think we can, we had, uh, Ryan who called in numerous times. He had some phone troubles, but he was an absolute trooper because I let him know and he called in at the last minute, uh, this morning with two separate calls. So let's listen to both and then we can react.
5: Hey, this is Ryan Blake state calling from Anaheim. And, um, one of my goal takes is uh, overcoming my bot of Older and white players Which is ironic because I'm both Old and white <laughs> But uh, Marshall Minch and Rex Burkhead should Be in good position this year They both have good schedules for their Team should uh, Maintain uh, Leads and lead to more scoring Opportunities, both had a lot of touchdowns In short amount of games last year And also I uh, wanted to let you know that Jack Doyle's A dot is projected to triple to 18 inches this year. <laughs> and Matt Friedman suggestion approach HBO. I'll go back so we can hear. It. So this is this is directed at you, Matt. Is projected to triple to 18 inches this year. And Matt Friedman suggestion approach HBO. Pitch a hard knocks fantasy football edition. You go back to University of Washington. Spend a week with the kids, teaching them the arts of fantasy football. And most importantly, you living the college lifestyle and see if you can survive like gambling Olympic style. All
2: right. I appreciate the show. You guys are awesome. Thank you. I, I like it. I would, I would, I would watch that show.
3: Uh, that was, that was very well done. It,
2: did he, is there another one from him? Yeah, there is another one. So, so we'll play that. Uh, okay. let's play that one too. And then we can, we can talk about both.
5: Hi, my name is Ryan Blakesley. I'm calling from Anaheim. And my take is on potential by low candidates focusing on teams that may struggle and then both teams are beginning with difficult matchups over the first month to two months over the season. Kevin Silver's team preview of the Titans indicated that Warren Sharp has things with a good schedule overall, but uh, the easiest schedule in the league weeks 11 through 17. And additional prediction will be Packers over the Texans in the Super Bowl.
2: Ooh! All right, let's talk about that one first. Packers over Texans in the Super Bowl. Wow, I think that putting the Texans in the Super Bowl uh, is, is pretty darn bold. Packers yeah. isn't. But getting the Texans in there, that is bold. That's probably like a nine.
3: Yeah, I think that's super bold. Uh, I like it. Um, this was, I just have to say, big picture. Uh, he was great. I think this has been a great segment. I think we need to try to get, uh, Rotoviz listeners, uh, doing more things where we're interacting with them like this. Cause this has been fantastic. Um, but, uh, yeah. So I, I agree with that last part. Uh, Texans, I, I don't see them being in the Super Bowl.
2: Yeah. And I, I kind of had trouble. You know what? I got so, um, I I enjoyed the the hard knock so much that I actually forget the rest of the uh the rest yeah of the I,
3: first I one I don't even remember I don't even remember what the first one was I should have been taking notes
2: I, I'm sorry right but see this is this has been an emotional roller coaster listening to these hot takes it really has
3: Play, play it again and we'll edit out this part of, of, uh, of okay. us forgetting. As for the, the first, uh, the, the, the first bold prediction, I had to do with Marshawn Lynch and Rex Burkhead. Uh, I like both of those and, uh, in terms of both of those guys do have, uh, touchdown upside, uh, you know, in terms of like where they could be used on their teams. So, uh, I, I like it. I don't, I'm not as sold on, uh, Marshawn Lynch having, um, a ton of upside. But, um, I don't know. I guess it's, it's there. It's there. That yeah, was a I mean, horrible analysis session that I just did right there.
2: It it's horrible. okay. It's okay because I think that there are two players where it's really tough to, um, have a very pointed take right now because the situations that they're in, there's a lot of uncertainty about, and they might be guys that could be very useful for a fantasy team, uh, but they might not be guys that you would have in your lineup on a weekly basis. But I do think it's interesting to bring up Lynch because he's a player that if you go back and you look at what he did last year, it's probably going to surprise you and it's easy to lose sight of him. So he is one of those players, though I've been advocating getting guys that can... Be swing for the fences candidates. He is one of those guys. If you do need to have one or two guys on your roster that you can rely on for some production, I think that he's one of those types of players. Agreed. So I think that that is going to close us out on the bold predictions. But like Matt said, I think this is probably the funnest episode that we've done so far. So really, if you have anything on your mind, topics, questions, things you want to talk about, please shoot us messages because I think that overall it's going to make this a uh, just a better podcast. And it was really fun to hear from the listeners. Like you guys, really, I was cracking up, and not only were, were they funny, but I thought that there's a lot of good content in there too. Definitely, a lot of research went into some of these.
3: Yes, fantastic job by the uh, the Rotoviz Radio audience.
2: Absolutely. So I guess before we go, Matt. What is the one take that's still sitting with you that, that your your eyebrows are still singeing from?
3: Uh, man, I can't even, I can't even remember them. Uh, probably Kenyon Drake. Uh, that was, that was pretty hot. Um, I did like the, uh, I guess five rookie running backs in top 12. Yep. Um, and then thinking about this more, <laughs> Blake Bortles, Blake Bortles as the quarterback one, that takes a cake.
2: <laughs> yeah, it does. It's like in National Lampoons. Uh, Christmas Vacation, when I forget the old uncle's name, but he lights himself on fire and his toupee goes up in flames. That is what I was like as I was reading that.
3: <laughs> yes, that one was exceedingly hot.
2: Yes. So we have one thing left to do, and that is to randomly select the winner. I have an Excel spreadsheet set up. I'm going to hit enter right now and is going to randomly select one of these bold predictions and the winner is, it's the Jay Ajayi is a league winner. And that was sent in by uh, Kyle. So, Kyle, all you have to do is send us an email to um, rotovizradio at gmail.com. Include the number that you called in from so that we can verify it is you. And you will get the free entry into a $35 league at the FFPC. So, thanks again to everybody that called in. Um, Gabriel. I am going to use your What's Up Rotoviz and perhaps other pieces of your uh, call-in and chop those up. And those are probably going to be dropped on the show, or or they might even make their way into the intro or outro. So I cannot thank you enough for sending those in. Friedman, any any final thoughts before we close down?
3: Uh, No, this was a fantastic episode. We need more episodes like this. Great job, everyone who participated
2: and that's going to do it for today's episode. Once again, I'm Dave Cabin. You can follow me on Twitter at CabinF. My co-host was Matthew Friedman, who sometimes shows up for the podcast, and you can follow him at Matt F. the Oracle. Don't forget to call into 978-925-7628 and ask away with your strategy or other questions. We really love the strategy ones, though. This has been Rotovis Radio. Please subscribe to the podcast, leave us a review, and be sure to tune in next week. And remember, it's not a fantasy if you believe it. What's up, roto Thank you for listening to roto Radio. Please rate, review, and contact us via email at Radio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at roto Radio and support the pod by subscribing to roto at a 30% discount through the listener homepage at rotoviz.com forward slash podcast.